Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journeys of two independent iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer from Leicester, England. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our independent journeys. Okay, just before we get started, um, just a a quick notice that we'd love to invite you to our Slack channel for the show. Um, We've had a few people come and join now, so that's going really well. Um, The more the merrier, so please do reach out to us. Um, There'll be info in the show notes, or you can just reach out to us on Twitter at WFR Podcast. Just send us a message and we'll uh, we'll get you joined up. Um, Also, reviews are greatly appreciated and can help us reach even more like-minded developers so if you could take the time to leave us a review on itunes that would be incredible um or if you're an overcast user just simply hitting the star button to recommend us helps us a great deal thanks very much all right so we thought we'd kick off this week by talking about the new changes coming to the app store in ios 11 um i think it's pretty important that we touch on this given that the app store is the interface that our users use to find our apps so it's of significant importance. I think you'll agree agree there, Dave. Yep. Um so I think I think on on the whole, this could be really good. I'm trying to think positively about everything at the moment. Um I think one of the big changes that I'm particularly happy about is the fact that reviews don't necessarily reset when you submit an update. Yeah. Um because that can really prevent you sort of pushing lots of little small updates especially now the app store review times have been so much quicker that almost increases the temptation to want to submit more often more regularly but then if you, if your reviews get reset each time that's uh that's really not a good thing yeah um, i mean do you get many reviews on the whole not at all no um and- so if your if your reviews get reset that's quite a big deal Yes. Because then you've lost them. <laughs> yeah, it is. For me, I, I mean, I, I get a trickle of reviews. You know, I'm lucky if I get a review a month on the VJ app, despite, you know, making sales on it. Again, I'm continuously every, every other day. So, um, yeah, you know, signal to noise on reviews is difficult. And, I mean, I do ask people to, for reviews within the app, but it's really light touch. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, um, being able to sort of keep my reviews, that's going to be really very helpful because um, I'd probably hang on to them, you know, for six months. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose equally, if you were to ship an update that there was a few issues with and you got a load of one-star reviews as a result, kind of nice that you can elect to clear your reviews as well for the next update. Yeah, uh, yeah, very much so. I guess the, you've obviously written off all the good reviews that have gone before, but that's a lot better than having a load of one stars hanging around, bringing your average down. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's looking like quite a positive change and it's control back to the developer as well. So, you know, that that's something that I really can't disagree with at all. No, no, I mean, that's good. Um, I'm not sure how, how I'll play it really, because I, I get some sort of good reviews. Um, but then I also get quite a lot of, bad one-star reviews um, with my Kodi remote, purely because we've said about this before, people struggle connecting the app to Kodi. Yeah. Um, not necessarily through the fault of the app, just the fact that it, there's a little bit of setup involved and uh, some people just can't manage it and leave me the one-star review as a result. So 
it'd be interesting to to work out when if it'd be at all worth my while clearing them every every so often. Yeah. Um we'll have to see on that one. I think um it's gonna make absolute sense for your app for when um when you've got your, your next big update um potentially to sort of hit that reset button and kind of see that's what i'm thinking yeah Yeah. um similarly i'm thinking very similar with um with govija i mean again with the amount of reviews i've got it won't make an awful lot of difference in a lot of ways but um it'd be very good for a major release um to be able to try and really push um existing users and my mailing list and that side of things um to give me reviews and to kind of sort of see what happens after the reset's been pressed. Mm. Um, so I'll definitely be using it, and I think it's something that's, that's going to be really useful for developers and especially for indies. Yeah, definitely. Agreed there. Um, so the next thing um, I've got on my notes was that you can now have up to three videos in your App Store page. Yep. Um, do you currently use video in your App Store page? I don't, and I really should, because my app is about video. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, so the answer to that is not right now, um, but I think, you know, um, come September, October time, I should really be thinking about getting some ready. Um, I think they autoplay as well now. Yeah, they do. Um, I've, I've had a play um, with the beta um, on an iPad Pro recently. And yeah, they do. They also play, and it, it works. It, it it kind of fits the the new flow of the app store. Um, so I qu- I quite like them, and I think having video there is going to become more and more expected as well for certain categories and types of app. So yeah, I think the more that you can do there, the better. You know, even if it's just one video, not necessarily trying to use all the slots available. Um, but something, uh, yeah, I feel like I've got a bit of a missed opportunity there. Really. I feel like I should be doing a lot more with it in terms of video. Um, I mean, for space readers, it would be really quite simple for me to, to do. I could almost, um, you know, just like record me using the app, uh, maybe just a small bit of editing and I'd have a, have a decent result there. It's armchair that I would need to think long and hard about. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the rules are for videos, actually, for that particular spot. Does it have to just be the UI, or can you kind of show? I've seen all sorts um, right. on the App Store. I don't know. I don't know what the exact policy is. Um, I mean, I've seen some people, um, almost like a person holding their hand out with the phone, operating the the app, um, almost just with like a, a lifestyle scene going on in the background. Yeah. Um, then you see others that are purely just the the UI of the app. So I, I'm not. I, I need to dig into the actual, um, you know, rules and regulations surrounding that. I don't know whether it's going to be another one of those situations where, almost like with the screenshots, where they say you shouldn't include devices in the screenshots, and then everybody does. But then everyone does, and then it's yeah. just like one of those non. Un, yeah, they don't police it at all. No, and then you look around and find that Apple have done the exact same themselves. <laughs> I think that was, was something I noticed where they got um, the pictures running through the sort of top three, and then it's like one big picture separated by the panes. <laughs> I can't remember which app that was for now exactly, um, but it was one of one of the 
Apple's ones. Was it for clips? Did they do do it for clips? Maybe, possibly. I haven't actually played with that yet. I should do. I should do that. It's it's quite fun. Um, although I haven't played with it since maybe a day or two after it came out. So, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel like I need to get a plan in place for armchair. Um, I think because obviously it's a, a remote control for Cody. So I don't. I don't know whether I'd need to maybe film my television with Cody running on it yeah, and then show sort of me holding the phone, operating the app and then seeing the result on Cody. Um, mm. I don't know what to do. And, and also I'm, I've got the issue of using artwork from movies and TV shows because it's not my artwork. So yeah. I can't really go using that. No, um, no certainly not. I'm in a bit of a corner there. I'd almost have to fake it, which is what I did for my screenshots. I just made up a, a load of random sort of fake movie poster things. Yeah. Um, and fed them in like that. So I, I guess you could use the, um, what was it? The, the open source movie that blender did. Um, is it big buck bunny? Or something oh like yeah. That? The only trouble <laughs> is, is so does everybody else. So, so maybe not. Um, but, um, that, that, that could perhaps be an option if you were literally just showing one thing kind of being set up and played. But the problem you're going to have is is that you're going to need to show a library, aren't you? So Yeah, so like if I'm on my movie screen and I've, I want to scroll through a list of movies to sort of demonstrate the fact that you can scroll through your library. Yeah. Let's say I scroll past 20 films by doing a big sort of flick to scroll thing. Um, yeah. Hmm. So yeah. needs needs a little thought, um, but I think there's something there. I think there's certainly something you you could do, um, and even if that is just kind of um, you know recording recording the UI and you know potentially actually you could record the UI of how you connect to Kodi. Yeah, and That's, yeah, it could you, be one of the second videos, couldn't it? Yeah, and if you were to show the um, the setting screen on Cody, I don't know if that makes sense, but you could potentially do something where that's kind of like a, a picture in picture on top of your UI, so you mm-hmm. could see see what the user is doing in your UI, but then also see what the effect is on on Cody's side. I don't know if Cody actually gives you feedback as to what's connected. Um, that's a good question. I don't believe it does. Okay. Maybe there's a menu somewhere I don't know about in the settings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, you know, you could, you could perhaps um, you could perhaps actually have your how-to as your second or third video that sort of shows, you know, do these settings in Kodi um, and then do this on the app. Here's the UI. Um, and then, you know, that's everything all set to go. And maybe that will help you with some of the people that get stuck. That's, yeah, that's a good idea, that. That's a good idea. I suppose one thing I could do for the movie library is, because um, obviously Cody returns um, a load of JSON data. I could maybe write my own JSON and feed that into my app just for the purposes of um, recording the video. Yep. And then sort of uh, use my kind of fake movie posters and all of that kind of stuff. A very specialised sort of version of um, dependency injection there. <laughs> Basically. Um <laughs> Just for the sake of the movie, possibly. Yeah, no, that, that could be quite a good. It, it just good seems thing. like that there's a Apple are offering us up, 
you know, a, a good opportunity here and I feel like it'd be a shame to squander it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's going to come to a case where if you're in the search results and, you know, somebody is actually thinking, is it that app or this app? Um, and the other one just looks better and it has a better video at that point, if they're looking in that detail, um, you're going to want to be the person who's got the video because that's potentially the differentiator between sort of converting that, that person to being a user. Yeah. Um, so it seems, it seems worth a try, even if it is just, you know, some royalty free music and a recording of the UI and some text bubbles or something to sort of say what's doing what, um, it kind of feels like it'll be worth it. So yeah, looks like I think I'll maybe try and coincide this with my, uh, next sort of big release. I think so that, if I do it now, I'll only have to redo it and all my UI changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sort of post September, October time, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so we were we we're also going to talk about um, again about some of the new technologies that are coming through from WWDC last week, and I've had a little look at Xcode nine. Had a, a very short play with that the other day. Um, I don't know if you got to sort of see a little bit of it as well, Dave. Yeah, I haven't played with it properly yet. I did watch the the State of the Union, um, and I've got to say it did look very, very impressive. Yeah. And and the feedback that surrounded it, um, people on Twitter keep coming out saying you know, how impressed they are from it. That's the you know the general opinion that I'm I'm getting from that anyway. Yeah, and after playing with it for um, just a, a few minutes, really. Um, I can certainly see see that some of that praise is really justified. It, it um, feels quite snappy. Mm. Um, I don't really know enough about the differences between Swift 4 and 3 yet. I've not really kind of delved into that, but I kind of just pushed everything into 3.2 mode and just had a look at it with, with Swift 3 code. Um, and it did feel quicker, snappier, and, and just kind of nicer. Um yeah, I think they said what in the in the State of the Union they said that opening files is now three times faster. Yeah, um, and hopefully that extends to storyboard files as well. Because I, I know whenever I click my storyboard file, I'm always especially if I click it accidentally, I'm like, oh no, because I have to like wait. It's only two seconds, but it's still yeah. two seconds. That I can't do. You know, it kind of feels like a a break in your in your flow. It really does. Like every I mean, we've talked about storyboards versus programmatic before now, and the one thing that nudges me towards the idea of getting rid of storyboards altogether is how slow that is. Um, yeah, I'd have to have another look and see whether storyboards really look any faster or not in Xcode 9. Um, the play with it I had the other day, um, I don't think it really felt any faster. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, so I don't know if all the changes are more sort of on the, the actual source editing side of things rather than that. Did you um, see how it highlighted your code structure as you moved your cursor around? Yeah. yeah I'm looking just... forward to that a lot. That looked really cool. Um, I, I always find like if I'm reading an if statement and I, I try to find like the closing uh, curly bracket brace thing, um, just having that highlighted for me would be, that'd be great. Yep. Um, 
And certainly when stuff's nested as well. Yeah, exactly. If you've got an if and then a loop and then something else, and then you go sort of in and in and in and in the layers, it's. Yeah. Um, I find it very easy for my eyes to get confused. So <laughs> any help, any help there is uh, much appreciated. Uh, it um, it also seemed quite good in terms of um, you know, code completion and finding errors and that side of stuff. The, all the bits that really are so clunky on Xcode eight um that i'm kind of railing against every day at the moment and it seems like a hell of a lot of that has been fixed yeah the thing that always gets me is if i've caught multiple errors on a single line of code yep um you get like the little red bar thing come up so with an amber one that's sort of inside it (laughs) yeah um if you've got multiple red things then you have to sort of like do one and you know accept the fix it suggests and then do it again and then do it again but then now apparently you can click it fix it all with one click so that that'd be great that sounds really cool. Yeah. So I know we, we kind of talked about things we would like to see ahead of WWDC, and this was one of the ones I was really wishing for. And I was actually quite unsure whether we would really get, you know, major improvements or whether it would just kind of be incremental with Swift 4. Um, so it's been really quite nice to sort of see that, no, actually, we, we, we're getting a, a good improvement to Xcode. And... I think the only shame of it for me is that I've got to wait a while before I can really use it in production. Yeah. I was kind of wondering actually whether I could kind of get stuck in with it because my plan is to coincide my next sort of biggish release of armchair with iOS 11. Yeah. Um, so, so you probably could, I could probably go all in on it really. Yeah. That'd be quite cool. Um, cause what I think I'm in swift 3.2 with, um, most of armchair anyway. Yeah. So, you know, as they say, you have source compatibility going into Swift 4 because you've got the the dual compiler. Yep. So it'll compile 3.2 and 4 in the same project. So, yeah, that could work quite nicely. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Um, <laughs> oh, um, you see um, the GitHub integration as well? Yes. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like I'm maybe missing, some, missing a trick here with GitHub. Um, because I've, I've never used it. I've never, you have to pay for an account, right? Yeah. Well, to to be able to use private repositories, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've just always used GitLab, um, and I, I don't know if if I'm like missing something really obvious, like why there's a super obvious reason why I should be using GitHub, but I just don't see it. But then everyone else seems to, so I don't know. Oh, I think um, sheer volume of numbers is probably one of the biggest things with GitHub, but using it day in, day out, I find it's just really good at what it does. Um, I don't know, I really love it. So, no, I'm quite happy to see the integration, really. Um, the only thing that does sort of slightly irk me there is that, um, I mean, Git is an open thing in and of itself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it does sort of puzzle me as to why. GitHub really needs to be integrated specifically and why it can't just sort of be be something that bit more open. Um, but again, I use it day in, day out, and this is going to make life easier. So cool. That's it. Yeah. Good to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks it looks great. This is one of those things I don't think I'll ever, ever use massively uh, well, at all because I don't have a GitHub account. Maybe I should get one. I'm, I'm going to get one <laughs> decision. I just, I need to figure it out just to, you know, see if it's a, uh, give know, it a play, give it, give it a go. Um, 
So what else have we got? Um, so the simulator can support multiple booted devices, which I thought was quite neat. Yeah, that's see so what you could have cool. it on an iPhone and an iPad and then a, yeah something booted up, which would be quite cool. Yeah, um, you can set them running with UI tests and things all at the same time, can't you? Yeah, yeah. One um, of the biggest one is that you no longer need to use USB. Mm. So wireless development is here. Yeah, that's um, that does seem quite cool. That does seem very cool, doesn't it? You can always have that thing where um, I saw a picture on the internet of a, I think it's a web developer had like a, a Velcro kind of big easel and then loads of devices Velcroed to it. <laughs> so like an iPad, <laughs> an iPhone, all these different iPhones, all these different iPads. So you can yeah. almost do that now wirelessly. <laughs> yeah. Without having USB cables coming out of everywhere. <laughs> um, the future's here. <laughs> it does mean that you don't have to buy um, USB-C to lightning um, cables if you're on the newer MacBook Pros. Well, that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I hadn't considered that. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I'm I might more have to keep in- that in mind, obviously, with uh, the whole MacBook situation at the moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this MacBook, which I'm currently recording on, is is not long for for this world. No, and I, I know you're you're trying to weigh up whether um, it's a, a 12 inch MacBook or a, a MacBook Pro, aren't you? Do you see? I did a poll on Twitter earlier. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I've had some results. What does the internet say? Which which is the valid choice? So I've only had twelve. I've only had twelve votes. I know we're going a little bit off topic here, but I've only had twelve votes. Seventeen um, percent say I should get the twelve-inch MacBook, and eighty-three percent say I should get the MacBook Escape. You know where I sit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get 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 the MacBook Pro. Get the Escape. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like I ran this poll and I was like what if they don't tell me what I want to hear? <laughs> Which kind of answered my own question in a way. Well, if it's any any reassurance, it's still not really fully significant yet, I don't think. I think you need need more numbers to be really sure. Yeah, that's it. Need more numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming back onto topic a little bit, um, is there any particular technology that was announced sort of API-wise or from any of the sessions that you're looking forward to? Because I know I've got a pet one that I really can't wait to get inside of. <laughs> Would that be AR kit by any chance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, um, there was obviously the AR, AR kit was you know, very, very impressive. Um, I think for me, it's just like lots of, the lots of refinements that we've seen is what what was great for me. Um, not one thing in particular, but all of them added together, I, I thought we, was really nice. For example, the um, dynamic heights you can now have on table view cells. Yep. Um, you know, to some people, maybe not earth-shattering news, but to me, I was like, oh, that's great, because that would be really useful, because my app is largely table view. So that that was very, very welcome. Yeah, I saw that um, and thought, yeah, that's, that's great. That's going to be one less thing to really worry about. Um, you know I've been doing that manually and it's going to be nice to just have that behaviour be the the default yeah Um, so yeah just lots of little things I think that came come together to just to make me very happy really lots lots of small things so on that note I suppose we should dive into ARKit right because yeah I I don't really know how to describe um, 
exactly why this excites me so much, but it does. Um, I guess I just see this as being an indication of, of a new frontier. Um, I think that ARKit is kind of the the first building block towards a new platform. Um, and I think this is a very typical Apple sort of move in terms of how they're rolling it out. So I think the product that is at the end of, of the ARKit journey is a HoloLens type product. It's something that, you know, you wear and then you've got augmented reality there in your eyes or however it's done in one way or another. You've got a layer over the top of real life that, that you can interact with and show apps on. Um, sort of like Google Glass that was. Yeah, yeah. I th- I th- but maybe um, not quite like that. I think somewhere between b- between Google Glass and, like I say, the HoloLens, um, that sort of end of technology. And I feel like there's a product that's probably a little way out, a little way down the line, and that, like I say, AR kit is, is sort of the building block towards that and what's been interesting to me to see with ar kit so far is that it's been available in the beta what for the last week now and every other day there's another little video of some somebody doing something really quite cool with it um i've seen ar based games where somebody's you know walking around an, an office scene you know office in real life and then they're shooting things um, in in the AR layer, they've got a sort of first person style gun, kind of visible, mm-hmm. um, and that was quite cool. It wasn't really, you know, it wasn't a serious sort of game. It was it was kind of just sort of pixely, kind of kind of blocks of things that they were shooting, and um, it was really well well done. And um, there was another demo that went out where somebody was kind of drawing a, a length of string that sort of came out on the screen as as they they walked along, and then that kind of maintained itself in the scene and maintained itself in the, in the sort of real life kind of blend of it all. Um, so something there for me is that I think that this is going to lead to types of apps that were fundamentally not possible before. Um, and like I say, I think it is an indication of a future platform that could be really quite immersive and quite cool. Um, so yeah, I think ARKit is one one to watch and I think it's certainly one that, that should be played with um, because yeah down the line if things are kind of leaning this sort of way then you know this could be could be a new app store or a new form of app that, that really sort of takes over with the right product No I think that what's cool about it from my point of view is that I don't need to go out and buy a incredibly powerful computer an incredibly powerful uh, expensive pair of vr goggles i think you know so many people have these devices in their pockets and lying on their coffee tables in the case of the ipad perhaps yeah that can already do this exactly um which i think is going to be really really big for the for the technology in terms of that versus vr because i think vr you need to be an enthusiast to to be going after VR right now. Yeah. Um, just because of the cost of it, if nothing else. Um, but AR kit, that, I, th- I think it could be something really quite big. Um, I was showing some family the, uh, the demo. Um, I forget what the company's called now. It was the one uh, that Peter Jackson had something to do with. You know, with a, 
the spaceships kind of came in and blew up all the buildings and stuff like that in the keynote. Yep. Yep. Um, and it, you, you could almost see the look of disbelief on their face as to, you know, what they were, first of all, that that was even possible. Yeah. Um, and second of all, that it was happening on an iPad. So I, I think it really, it really could be huge because that the, the ability that it has to kind of wow people and impress people coupled with its kind of widespread availability. Yeah. That sounds like a really nice recipe for success there. Yeah, very much. And I mean, the only shame of it is, is that it does require the newer chips, doesn't it? So I think it's limited yeah. to the, the iPhone, um, iPhone 7 and the SE, um, and then the iPad Pros. Yeah. But then as time goes on, that's you know, only going to expand, isn't it? Once we, each year when we get new devices and new devices. Yep. Um, I mean, so. it's, a, it's, it's a much better start than VR's got. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, you, you clock on every new device or so that's, that's going to be produced from now on is likely to support it, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, we're, we're two, three years away really from it just sort of being on every kind of general iOS device that people are likely to be using overall. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, think ARKit is looking, yeah, really damn cool. <laughs> Um, and I, I'm refusing to put the beta on my iPhone 7 um, at the moment because I just can't risk having my main phone kind of operate with with, with the beta. Um, but I am looking, as we've discussed before, at getting the iPad Pro, mm-hmm. um, and I think I will put the beta on that straight away, and a driving reason for that is going to be to play with ARKit and all the other stuff of iOS 11 that will make the iPad way more usable as well, I suppose. Exactly. And I think that kind of leads us nicely into um, into sort of the last part of the show in a lot of ways. We, I think we were going to discuss um, about iOS for the iPad uh-huh. um, and some of what that's brought. And I know you, with your MacBook <laughs> adorable tendencies, uh, are probably not, not so fussed here, Dave. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think if I had to summarize my position, I'd say I'm watching with interest. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of glad that you're getting or looking to get an iPad pro, um, just so I can hear what it's like yep. without, without me having to buy one. So <laughs> by proxy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll wait and see. I'll wait and see what's happening. I, I don't, I, like I said last year, I don't, I don't want to be that person that kind of poo-poos the iPad and then becomes stubborn and won't go back on myself. If if I if I ever feel that the iPad is right for me, I I want to. I will. I will definitely go for it. But yeah, I'll I'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I did use a pencil at the weekend actually. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. How did um, you find it? Yeah, really good. Really, really good. Um, I just went into the notes application um, at the Apple store and just started, you know, just writing. Um, it just felt like writing on a piece of paper. My handwriting looked terrible, so <laughs> it's accurate in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> my, my hieroglyphics that I normally manage to put down on paper. So yeah, that was, that was fine. Um, what I couldn't believe, I mentioned this on Twitter in the week, was that they just had the pencils lying around 
on the desks. Oh, right. Just, I mean, just you know, there. I remember, like, when you go to the bank and sign a cheque, like, they've got this horrible little biro pen on a, like, a chain attached to the desk, because, you know, imagine what would happen if you stole that biro, but then you go to the Apple store and they've got, like, £100 Apple pencils just lying around. <laughs> I mean, there must be a lot of those that They must missing. walk, yeah. No, they, they really must walk. An awful um, lot of them. So, have you got a feature in iOS 11 for the iPad that you're looking forward to most? Um, to be honest, all of it in terms of the daily use, I'm, I'm looking forward to all of the big changes, the dock, the multitasking and the, the kind of drag and drop I'm looking forward to as a sort of whole. Um, because for me, I think that's, it's going to be, you know, what, what makes, um, the iPad a more viable and more useful platform overall. These are all things I've been kind of wanting them to add for a while. Um, but I think really what I'm looking forward to is with the platform being rejuvenated and with it looking really quite appealing, I've got a load of ideas about how I, how I want to develop um, my video mixing app. And we've talked about this before. I've been debating kind of doing a pro version of the app and I was debating doing a, a Mac version of it potentially, just sort of trying to get into that um, kind of higher price bracket um, per per install um, and the easiest thing I can do with the code base that I've got is actually branch out and do a kind of pro version for the iPad um, so all of these changes to iOS on the iPad and the iPad Pro, all of that combined together um, is making me look at um, rejuvenating my app and coming out with a pro version of it perhaps sort of by the end of the year um, so that's what I'm looking forward to doing once I've got uh, the device in my mitts and time to play with it. You're going to get a pencil with it as well? Um, I'd like to, yeah. Yeah, um, my um, youngest lad would definitely like to have a play on it. Mm. Um, Surprised me um, how big the pencil was when I saw it. Mm, they're actually fairly fairly chunky. Yeah, they are, aren't they? I was expecting something much smaller, both in height yeah. and in sort of thickness. Um but no, it felt it felt right. It felt really, really good. I like the weight of it. Um, I, I kind of felt like it was the right sort of weight as I was writing with it and using it. Mm. Um, I think that's so, going to be my inroad to the iPad if I ever get one. Yeah. I th- yeah. Yeah. Just in terms of using the pencil more as a as a creative tool, that could be that could be how I end up getting an iPad. I think. Um, and it will give you an interaction and a thing that you can do that you just can't do with your Mac. Mm, absolutely. And I'd love to see like a nice set of APIs that would, and we've said this loads of times now, but that you could hand off certain bits from your Mac to your iPad. That, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like a sort of continuity, but letting you use the, the pencil and, and have all of that side of stuff just fed through to the Mac. Yeah. And, and everything else the iPad does is like a, a bonus really at that point to me because <laughs> if yeah what, what's uh what are they coming out at the ipad pro the 10.5 inches about 600 and something 619 i think so 19 yeah when you look at what you pay for a, look at what you pay for like a uh what are they the, the wacom graphics tablets yeah they're not cheap are they no they're not um so you could almost justify the entire cost if you're going to be using the ipad pro and a pencil as a graphics tablet 
Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, certainly really could, could anyway. That's how I'd look at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like you're, you're, you're getting closer and closer to the edge of that fence. Coming, coming round to it. <laughs> <laughs> Just need to get that 12-inch uh, MacBook. <laughs> get that, get, scratch that itch and then I can get an iPad. And get with the rest of the world. Okay, so that just about wraps it up for today. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you could give us a review on iTunes or if you're an Overcast user. Uh, it'd be great if you could recommend us by hitting the star button. Um, also, we now have our very own Slack channel that we'd love to invite you to. Our hope is is that we can offer a great place for fellow developers to come and meet each other and hang out. Um, if you'd like to join, there'll be instructions in the show notes or you can just reach out to us directly on Twitter at WFR Podcast. So, Dave, before we go, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads with a Z. Um, you can also find me at DaveWood.uk. How about you, Dave? Uh, I'm on Twitter at underscore DaveNot. Uh, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com. And you can find my latest app, Space Readers, which helps kids learn to read at spacereaders.com.